today. Praise God. We are having our Oktoberfest at Brother Mike Wood's house. Praise the Lord. And I appreciate them willing to uh, host that at their house. Um, we had it at a place, and uh, it, uh, it's going to save us the cost of that place. But, amen, uh, they've been so good to allow us to, or to want us to come. He called me and asked me to, he said, Christy and I would like to host it. And I'm like, okay. I remember those years of hosting it. We didn't have the money to pay for something, so we hosted it at the White House. Praise the Lord. And uh, that's, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of wear and tear. And uh, praise the Lord. But the Lord is good. The Lord is good. Amen. I'm I, going to tell you something a little bit funny. Uh, spare me the time because I'm a grandpa. But um, Caleb was done with his garden, with 90% of his garden, and uh, so he went out with his tractor, and he mulched everything down. You know how you do? But his green peppers looked wonderful, so he left them up. So a little later, he was looking out the window, and Hunter's out there with his battery-powered tractor mowing his green, beautiful green peppers down. He said, I didn't even go out and look at them. I said... He said, I probably could have saved a few of them, but I was just with that little battery power tractor just mowing them green peppers down. Praise the Lord. I don't think he was laughing when he saw it. You laugh later, but you don't laugh at the time. Praise God. What would we do without our kids, huh? Praise God. I have more fun. I laugh at kids. I poke, poke them a little bit with with uh, words and get them to come back. But I want to talk to you tonight, with, or this morning, with the help of the Lord on another crisis, another choice. Another crisis, another choice. I'm going to read to you out of Hebrews 11 and 23. It says, By faith Moses, when he was born, was hid three months of his parents because they saw he was a proper child. And they were not afraid of the king's commandment. But by faith Moses, when he was come of years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer the affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt. For he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. Lord, we love you, God, and praise you, Jesus, for this day. Thank you, Lord, for your presence and your spirit, asking you, Lord, to let us glean from your word today. Let me move in the Holy Ghost. God, I'm going to give you all the praise, glory, and honor. In the precious name of Jesus, we pray. Can everyone say amen? amen. You may be seated. When Moses was 40, he faced a crisis that demanded a choice. In every one of our lives, there are times of crisis in which we have to make tremendous choices. Praise God. His foster mother, which was Pharaoh's daughter, had been passed away. She was dead. And due to the fact that Pharaoh never had any offspring, because obviously he could not with all the women he had, he just did not be able to conceive. Praise God. It lined Pharaoh uh, up, I mean male offspring, it lined uh, Moses up 
for, praise God, to be Pharaoh. And they wanted to keep it in the family, as kings and queens do. They try to keep it in the family. We see it on the TV now with the queen that's passed. And so they wanted to keep it in the family. So it was extremely important that Moses become the head of the Egyptian people. But there is a situation here. Moses isn't an Egyptian. He's a Jew. Praise God. He was raised by Egyptian, but he was a Jew. And, amen, praise God. He had several options. Moses had several options. First of all, he could become an Egyptian leader, and he could try to deal with the Egyptian or the Israelites leaving Egypt. He could have worked it in. Somehow they would have had an exodus. But after 400 years, they were totally ingrained into the Egyptian uh, traditions, or not traditions, but into tradition society, or the, the Egyptian society. They were part of it. The Egyptians were so used to the Jews or the Hebrews doing all of the work and the labor that they was not about to let them go. It was not going to happen, praise God. And so that wouldn't have worked, and he could have become the Hebrew leader, And he did try that, but he could have become the Hebrew leader and would have led them out, but that was not likely was going to happen because they did not have the power over the Egyptians. And after 400 years, the Egyptians had their thumbs, praise God, upon them, and they were not going to let them go. This, uh, he could have... Uh, bring them out as a nation. He could have tried to be a leader, and that he did, but that wasn't going to work either. He, man, Israel was not going to leave. They were not going to unite with Egypt. Praise God. Although Moses must have known about the prophecies that in 400 years God was going to bring Israel out of Egypt. They were going to come out. There was the prophecies. Because you had people like Jacob and Joseph that told their uh, children, do not leave my bones in Egypt. When you leave Egypt, praise God, I'm going to go with you. So Moses knew. and, And just like we know today that there's some things that God is going to do, they knew that God was going to get them out of Egypt. There was a time of exiting. God had a plan. And Moses had a call. He had a feeling that I'm going to, uh, I want to see this done. Praise God. Moses' first crisis was when he was born. Uh, Pharaoh wanted to kill all the Hebrew children. And Moses, praise God, was to die. But his mother's faith took a stand in that. And because of that, And because she ingrained her faith into her son, praise God, he became a tremendous man and a believer. And so it's like Mike said today, our children are extremely important to us. When we bring them to church and when we ingrain faith into them, when they're in services like last Sunday night where the power of God was so thick you could cut it with a knife, Praise God. It impacts them. They could never leave. They'll always be with them. Praise God. And so, amen. His mother and her faith impacted Moses to be what he was. Amen. And so, God had his hand 
on Moses. Now, the time was the crisis for Moses to turn and to make a choice. Moses knew the Hebrews were God's people. He knew that they were not in a good situation. Moses was trained in the ways of the world. Pharaoh trained him in all of the leadership skills, in all of the war skills, in all of those skills. You know, it is good to be trained in this world. It is good to know, praise God, how to do things. When David knew how to throw the rock to kill or to hurt the uh, sheep so that it might come back, it was that linked with God using that to be able to kill Goliath that day or to knock him out and to allow David to kill him with the sword. It, God uses people who have knowledge. I am very aware and very much a believer. We, we have this thing where we say that earthly knowledge is not something that God can use, but it is. Praise God. God can use earthly knowledge. Knowledge is a wonderful thing. God can use it as long as you understand and let the Spirit know when you can use it. Let me give you an example. Moses had tremendously good knowledge. The only problem with Moses was he didn't use it under the Holy Ghost. He used it in his own way. And that's why he was not able to bring the Israelites out the first time around. And so when you use your uh, knowledge of the world, In a way that God, I mean, your doctor, if he is listening to the Lord when he's dealing with you, praise God. God will take that knowledge, medical knowledge that he has, and he will allow that doctor to be able to help you. If that doctor would have never went to college, praise God, God would have never been able to pull out of his head. God, as a preacher, when I preach, God doesn't tell me things that I don't already know. He may put things together in my head. Amen. And allow me to seal the realization of them. But it's something that I've got to go back and do. You know Caleb told me something last week. Which was tremendous. He said you know dad. He said I think that when a person. That is a musician. Practices and practices and practices. it God looks at that. And gives him more of anointing. And I said you know I believe that. It is a great thing to learn and to to try to learn. I don't care how old you are. Learn things. Study things. Keep that mind moving forward. You don't know what God's going to do. In your last years of your life, God could do the greatest works through you by what you know. But Moses knew wonderful things out of Pharaoh. He knew how to lead. Praise God. And God used Pharaoh to educate him on leadership and control and dealing with the masses and how to organize and how to put together and how to do a leadership. Moses knew that. He knew, praise God, how to do that. He was trained in this world. And you need that. You need to be trained. Praise God. But it's devastating if you don't use them When the Holy Ghost or when the Spirit tells you how to use them. Praise God. He tried to do it himself. He saw, he meant a, 
he saw a uh, Egyptian going against a Hebrew, and he got up and he ended up in a fight with the Egyptian and killed him. And then the next day, or a little bit later, when he saw two Hebrews fighting, he said to them, he said, what are you doing? And they just blurted out in front of everyone, are you going to kill me like you did the Egyptian? You see, they did not realize he was really on their side. Praise God. And God said, look, you've tried to get ahead of me. We need to stay behind God in what he is doing. Whatever your decision is or wherever you're going or the choice that you make or when you come into a tragedy, one of the first things you want to do is you want to, to make sure that you don't get ahead of God in the situation. You need to pray and talk to God. I have found a lot of times that I have to tell people, I'm going to wait to give you an answer on that. Because I really need to pray and I really need to think about it. Especially if you're angry or especially if it's an extreme important situation and it affects you tremendously. Just say, I need to pray on it because I want to make sure that I am following the Lord through this situation and not getting ahead of God. And so you need to pray. He didn't do that. He tried to get ahead of God. And when he did, amen, it became a bad situation. There was a failure there. But you know failures can be good things. Failures can be good things. Oh, yeah, right, Brother White. Failure be a good thing? Yeah, it's a good thing. Messing up is not final. Praise God. I'm sorry. Messing up is not a failure. If you don't give up, it's when you give up, it's a failure. Failures is ways of learning. The only way to not fail is to not do anything. Praise God. You know, when we first started the church, it was me, my wife, and my kids. We'd go to conferences, and they would talk about how much they were struggling with their church. And I'd say, we ain't struggling. Our people are great. We don't, we, have our, we don't have any people problem at all. <laughs> you know, none of our people are having accidents coming to church or, praise God, having strokes, you know. Uh, and they just look at me and say, no, they're just great. They're, you know, they don't make any problems at all. That's just the way it is, you know. We didn't have any people, you know. Praise God. So the only way not to fail is to not to do anything. And then this was a good one. I thought, and this, I, I thought, you know, God does not judge us on our failures. He judges us on our progress. He didn't judge the man that had the talents on his failures. He judged him when he didn't, he gave up and he didn't do anything. He judged him on his progress. Praise God. Do you think, I want you to think about this. Do you think that when Moses had to leave Egypt, he felt like I was doing what God wanted? I know that. Israel's supposed to be brought out. I'm trying to do the will of God. And do you think that, praise God, there was a lot of questions in his mind about why it failed? He, he, he said, I know that God wanted the Hebrews delivered. I know God was pleased 
praise God. I mean, I know God was, had placed this on my heart. So why did it fall apart? Have you ever had situations you said to God, you know, Lord, I had good intentions. I, 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 was, I, I was headed the right way. I was doing what I knew best. I, I really have a problem struggling with this as pastor. You know, God, I put the salt out. I shoveled off the walks. I had the, 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 uh, the, the, the lot plowed. I got the heat up. I got everything ready. And guess what, Lord, at 5 o'clock on Wednesday night, you send a snowstorm. You didn't do it on Monday, Lord. You didn't do it on Tuesday. I'm trying to have church down here, Lord. What are you doing to me? It was in my younger years. I've learned that one church service doesn't make people backslide, so I go home and have a party. We do that, though, don't we? God, I tried. This is what Moses did. He's riding out of there on that camel and Oh, the Egyptians are after him, and he's like, what did I do, God? What did I do, God? What did I do, God? We do that. Praise God. But let's look at them scriptures again. Verse 24 says, by faith, Moses, when he came of years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Do you realize he refused two or three times? Choosing, rather, to suffer the affliction of the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he had respect unto the I'm sorry, he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. There are two there are th- four, but I'm going to only probably go through two today. Two key words in this. The first key word is refused. He refused. He refused. The second key word was he chose. He chosen. Praise God. Refused. See, he was the next leader of Egypt. Can you imagine that? The greatest nation in the world. Look at how people fight to become president of the United States. Look how people fight to become Praise God, leaders of other countries. And his was on a complete red carpet. You're the leader. And he refused. He refused to be the leader. Praise God. It was not a light situation. Because just like the situations with some of the kings we've seen or some of the um, kingdoms that we see now where he meant princesses step down from becoming the next leader and it makes it riffle throughout. All of Egypt was like, what is the problem when Moses won't become Pharaoh? What is the situation? What's going on? I mean, it put a crack in Egypt. It would start, it would go as far as to start the decline of the Egyptian power, because what power is, it's a figment of imagination. Everybody thinks that he's Pharaoh, so that makes him powerful. Everybody thinks that he's this, so that makes him that. And it made a crack in the Egyptian. 
And so when Moses said, amen, that I'm not going to become the, 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 the king of, the, of this world, praise the Lord. It really was. And I'm telling you, it was a tremendous decision that he made. It made a great impact on the nation of Egypt. And my question is, what can a no do in a proper place? What can a no do in a proper place? Praise God. He knew his no was in, of great importance. Because in Hebrews 11 and 24, it says, By faith, when he had come of years, he was 40 years old, it was time for him to take it on. He had thought about it those 40 years. He had mulled it over. I'm sure his mother said, You need to do this. Do you remember? Don't do, you need to do this. I was your mother. I raised you. Praise God. I put all that into you. Don't let me down. Don't do that to me. Praise God. But the Bible said he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He refused. And verse 26 says, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures of Egypt. He looked at God and he said, amen, I am going to live for the God Jehovah. And I'm going to say no to the God of Pharaoh. That was, I'm telling you, when you say no in the right place. When a Christian says no to the things of this world. No. No. No, I'm not going to do that. No, I'm not going to do the things of the world. No, I'm not going to walk in the ways of the world. No, I'm not going to live in the ways of God. It, it makes a tremendous decision. It is a tremendous impact to say no because Moses understood that there was something greater than what he could see. The kingdom of Egypt. There was a kingdom of God. And when you can see that there's something greater than the kingdom of this world, there's the kingdom of God. And I'm going to say no to this world. This world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blues. Oh, I'm going to have to suffer. Oh, I'm going to have to struggle. Oh, I'm going to have to go through things. Oh, many people will not understand why I have made this no, but it's no. Praise God. Paul says, count it all loss for the excellency of knowing Christ. Praise God. And so Moses knew how to say no. Praise God. Pastor quote. Those who work for heavenly good have more earthly rewards. Do you realize that? The, look at the people in your life that has worked for earthly good. And then look around and see their, I'm sorry, their heavenly, who's worked for heavenly good, heavenly things. And then look around on this earth and see the results of them. The results of them. Praise God. Moses was able to see beyond this present life. He was able to see, praise God, that there's a God in heaven 
and there is a heaven to go to. Praise the Lord. But you see, he not only said no, now he's in neutral. But he had to make a choice. It wouldn't have been good enough for Moses to just say, no, I'm not going to become. But now he has to say, okay, God, I'll do what you want me to do. I'll go where you want me to go. I'll be what you want me to be. You see, just saying no is not all. You have to make a choice. And the Bible said Moses not only said no to becoming Pharaoh or to becoming the leader of Egypt, but he had to turn and make a choice and say, yes, I want to do the things of God. I'm going to take my life, God, and give it to you. And I am going to not go out into a desert and have a great time with my family and do what I want to do. God, I'm going to take my life and I'm going to put it in your hands and you are going to use me and I'm going to use my whole life up for what you want. Praise God. Easier said than done. Amen. To refuse, you know, to work with a battery, you have to learn there's a negative and a positive side to a battery. Praise God. And they're just as opposite as can be. If you cross those two terminals, you, will, you, you, you may have an explosion. Because there's a negative side and a positive side. And that's the way it is in this life. There's that negative side of saying no to the world. Praise God. That's a negative thing. You say no to the world. And some Christians, all they live is in the negative side of that world. No. Praise God. And as Christians, we can do the negative part of Christianity. We do it very well by the refusal of not doing worldly things. Praise God. I, 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 I don't live, I don't do that. I'm a Christian. I don't do that. I'm a Christian. I don't do that. And their whole life is just saying no. And they're stuck in no. Just no. 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 But you see, both the negative and the positive situations is extremely important to a Christian. Praise God. Separation from the world is one thing. Amen. But choosing to be a Christ. Christian and to do Christ things is another that's where we need to go you see Moses went from telling Egypt no but he went right over and from that point on he never went back to know what I have to turn you never hear Moses saying you don't know what I had to give up so that I could become your leader I had a pastor one time said you don't know how much I have to give up so that I can pass through this church. And I'm like, you're back to no, that's all? You're living in a negative world of pastoring? What about the positive world of pastoring? Every day you get up, there's negative and positives in your day. Do you live in the negative sides or the positive sides? Praise God of that part of your brain. Amen. You, you do have to do the negative because you were born in a negative. You do have to repent and be baptized, filled with the Holy Ghost, 
Like the book of Acts says, you do have to say no to the world, but there comes a point in time when you don't care about the world anymore. Smoking, drinking, lying, stealing, all that. Big nights. You don't care about that anymore. You don't need that anymore. That doesn't satisfy you. Because you've got God now. You're living in the positive part of the world. You know, I want to know how much of this to say, but there was a, there was a, um, there was a, uh, a restaurant, let's just go that far, that when you walked in, it played worldly music. And I said to the owner one day, I said, you know what? I said, that, ne- that music is just so negative. It's just so negative, so negative. And once in a while, they'd play Christian music. I said, you know, I said, the Christian music is so much more positive. And he said, you're right. So he made it a demand that the restaurant play just Christian music all the time. Because Christian music is so positive. It's not negative. You don't turn on Christian music and find, you picked a fine time to leave me, Lucille. Or was that loose wheel? Lucille. About the same, yeah. Do you understand what I'm saying? Christian music is so positive. I need to go on here. Praise God. Amen. But they're both important. Ephesians 2 and 10 says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works. We need to live in the positive side of of Christianity, not the negative. Moses said no, but he never went back there because from that point on, he constantly said yes to the Lord. I'm positive, yes. So the question is, where are you living for God every day? What is your attitude? Do you feed on the negative things of life or are you on the pagan, or are you on the positive things of God? Are you at the place where you say no? Do you live for God or have you moved on to a life where now you are choosing for the Lord? Luke 9 and 23 says, and he said unto them all, if any man will come unto me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. You know what dawned on me last night? Brother Corsi, Brother Mike Wood, some of you ministers. I thought about that last night. Jesus, picture Jesus standing there. Peter, Jesus said unto them, if you deny your, if you want to follow me, deny yourself, take up your cross. Now, when we look at that, we understand that Christ took his cross up and took it to Calvary. But when he said that to him, he had never took his cross up. The only thing about taking a cross up was when a Roman wanted to humiliate someone who was bad, wrong, or against the Roman government, they would hang them on a cross. And so when Jesus looked at them and said, you've got to take your cross up, they must have almost wanted to vomit. You see, because the Catholic Church has Christianized the cross as a great thing. And it has affected us because we'll wear crosses or we'll have crosses up. But the Old Testament Christians used to use the fish symbol as a symbol of Christianity. 
It was not the cross. So when Jesus said unto them, if you take up your cross and follow after me, no wonder he didn't hardly have any followers. Because they were like, what are you talking about? They hated the Romans. But it's exactly what you must do. And that is, you must, praise God, get into all those things in your life that you hate. And be willing to put it on yourself and carry it to the Lord for him to forgive you for. And he said, you must take up your cross. But you know what's the most wonderful thing was? Jesus says, let me take that cross up before you first. And then it will be easier for you to take up. He was our example. Because he carried that cross, we now are more mentally able to carry that cross. Because he carried it. But when he looked at them and said, if you're going to follow me, you've got to deny yourself, take up that cross. You've got to put yourself under what is known as the Romans' punishment. The greatest punishment. You've got to punish yourself. You've got to die out. You know, a person doesn't really get forgiveness unless they come to the understanding that they're a sinner. You have to understand you're a sinner. And you ready for this? You have to continue to understand that it is not by your might nor by your strength that you're going to be saved. But you're so grateful for the grace of God that's going to be able to get you in. So when Jesus looked at them and said, if you're going to follow me, you're going to have to make a choice. You're going to have to choose. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. and Whosoever will lose his life for my sake. Just like Moses. Moses lost his life, but he saved it in Christ. The same shall be it be. And what, does, what is a man advantaged if he should gain the whole world and, and lose himself he is a castaway. My question to you is, what is the price of a soul? How much is the cost of a soul? How much is the cost of your soul? How much is your soul worth? How much is the soul worth? Is it worth the minerals you can get out of the body? What's a soul worth? You know what Jesus is saying here is? He's saying that every soul that exists is worth more than anything that's in this world. So your soul is, 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 your soul is. Every one of your souls to the Lord is worth more than everything that exists in the world. So when you make that choice, you see, here's the thing. I got a question to ask you. Did Moses make that choice and was he messed up? Did he make the right choice when he chose? Anybody in here thinks he didn't? Why? Because you're looking back and you know the full story. But there are choices that you've made in your life that you've questioned. Although you know they were for God, you struggle with them. You question. You wonder. When tragedy comes wrong, you think, and I'm living for the Lord and I've got to go through this. When situations happen, praise God. You think, you know, I'm struggling with this and I'm a Christian. How can a Christian go through this? What did I do? 
Praise God. To cause this to come upon me? The devil just, he bombards your mind with that, bombards your mind with that, bombards your mind with that. And what you need to do is you need to shut the door and bar it. We look at Moses and we think, oh, he did the right choice. But then we look at ourselves and we're not quite sure why because we don't see it like Moses did. But the Bible says one day that we will see it clear. And we will look back. And we have examples. Praise God. But one must refuse before they can choose. Luke 14 and 26 says, if any man come after me... And love not his father or hate. The word uses hate, but the word hate means love less. Praise God. Love less his father and mother uh, and wife and children and brothers and sisters, yea, and his own life also. He cannot be my disciple. And whosoever doth not bear his cross. Now picture that again. Jesus said that. He looked at them again and said, you go to bear your cross. And they're like, I ain't taking no Roman cross. I'm not going to be humiliated. I'm not going to be put up there. I'm not going to have any of that done. And although they wasn't going to do that, they had to come to the understanding of their horrible sins. You see, we've got to go to some type of a cross, not a cross like his, but we have to go to a cross when we repent. You know, repentance is not just coming up and lightly heart and saying, I'm just going to take the Lord as my personal Savior. Repentance is understanding when you've been wrong. You cry over it. Do you remember the first time that conviction came on you? I remember as a child the first time I did something wrong and I was told it was wrong and that conviction just really wrapped me. And I said, I'd never want to go back to there. Praise God. Just as saying no can be important, making the right choice is just as important. There are men and women in the, in the Bible that made right choices. Noah made a right choice to build an ark. Joseph made a right choice to be, have a good spirit and a good heart. He had to say no to anger. He had to say no to bitterness. He had to say no to revenge. And he made a right choice. Ruth had to make a right choice when she told her mother-in-law, Naomi, no, I'm not going to stay with the gods of this town. I'm coming back to, to, the, to, the, to your country. How about Rahab the harlot? She had to make a choice. Praise God. How about Peter on the day of Pentecost? When he had to make a choice. How about Paul? Praise God. When he had to make a choice. See God used these people with their knowledge of what they had. He used them. They got knowledge and they said God. I want knowledge. You know. God came to, to Solomon one time. And he said God. God said to Solomon. He said what do you want? And Solomon says knowledge. And God didn't say you can't, you shouldn't have knowledge. You shouldn't want knowledge. You shouldn't want to be smart. That's against the things of God. No. God says, you want knowledge to lead your people? Great. Praise God. Romans 6 and 11 says, like, Likewise, reckon unto ye also to be dead indeed unto sin. You've got to say no, but alive unto God. 
You see, if we've really truly died to sin, we should not mess or think about it anymore. If you are constantly struggling to want to do things in the world, then you haven't really died to sin. Have you ever walked up to a casket and said, man, you're ugly. You never was any good in your life. Praise God. You caused a lot of trouble. And they set up at you and said, don't talk about me like that. Because they're dead. And that's the same way it is with us when we are dead to the things of this world. When I struggle with the things of this world, I think, ooh, I haven't died enough. I need to die some more. And if we're truly alive in Christ, then we will do what the Bible says and think on these things. Praise God. Praise God. Ephesians 4 and 22, and I'll end up with this, says that we put off concerning the former conversation of the old man. We've died out to that, which is corrupt according to the deceptful lust and renewed. We're now saying, yes, we're choosing. I am not, I'm dying, I'm saying no to self and I'm choosing the spirit because he said, and to be renewed in the spirit of your mind. And that ye put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness or a right relationship with him. And true holiness, praise God. When it talks about true holiness, it doesn't mean self-holiness. It means the holiness of God. All the good that I do, I have to tell God this is your good. Because I couldn't do it in myself. Praise God. I could not do it in myself. I have to do the goodness in God. That's true holiness. False holiness is self-holiness. It's, it's sinking. And, and, and if a person says, well, why do I have to live holy and they don't have to live holy? Well, you're not really living holy. It's the Holy Ghost inside of you living holy. So how can you do that? Praise God. How can you say that? That's when you know you've got self-holiness. But whenever you are relaxed with people that don't live holy and, and you can accept them and be comfortable with them, you realize it's not me living holy. It's the Holy Ghost down inside of me. You see, the, the, uh, the wealthy does not envy the poor. Praise God. And the very, very knowledgeable people don't envy the people that aren't as knowledgeable. You don't envy something that you already have. And if you are envying the world, then you are looking at them as being more better than you. And that's a bad thing. But we don't, I don't envy the world. I just, and so I, I, say, I said no at one time to the things of this world. And all I know about today is I'm saying yes to God. Praise God. I'm saying yes to the things of God. Let's all stand and give him a hand today. Praise God. Lord, we love you. God, we praise you. God, we magnify you for this day, asking you, Lord, to touch God and to move and to be with us. Lord, bring us back at your appointed time. Let us have a great blowout service again tonight. Lord, there's a lot of people here that want to dance for you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Can everyone say amen?